Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the Feast of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary into Heaven. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who assumed the Immaculate Virgin Mary, the mother of your Son, body and soul into heavenly glory, grant, we pray, that always attentive to the things that are above, we may merit to be sharers of her glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the Apocalypse. The sanctuary of God in heaven opened, and the Ark of the Covenant could be seen inside it. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman adorned with the sun standing on the moon, and with the twelve stars on her head for a crown. She was pregnant and in labour, crying aloud in the pangs of childbirth. Then a second sign appeared in the sky, a huge red dragon which had seven heads and ten horns, and each of the seven heads crowned with a coronet. Its tail dragged a third of the stars from the sky and dropped them to the earth, and the dragon stopped in front of the woman as she was having the child, so that he could eat it as soon as it was born from its mother. The woman brought a male child into the world, the son who was to rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And the child was taken straight up to God and to his throne, while the woman escaped into the desert, where God had made a place of safety ready. Then I heard a voice shout from heaven, Victory and power and empire forever have been won by our God and all authority for his Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. The daughters of kings are among your loved ones. On your right stands the queen in gold of Ophir. Listen, O daughter, give ear to my words. Forget your own people and your father's house. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. So will the king desire your beauty. He is your lord. Pay homage to him. They are escorted amid gladness and joy. They pass within the palace of the king. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of all who have fallen asleep. Death came through one man, and in the same way the resurrection of the dead has come through one man. Just as all die in Adam, so all will be brought to life in Christ. But all of them in their proper order, Christ as the first fruits, and then after the coming of Christ, those who belong to him. After that will come the end, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, having done away with every sovereignty, authority, and power. For he must be king until he has put all his enemies under his feet, and the last of the enemies to be destroyed is death. For everything is to be put under his feet. The Word of the Lord.
Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Mary is taken up to heaven, and the angels of God shout for joy. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Mary set out and went as quickly as she could to a town in the hill country of Judah. She went into Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. Now, as soon as Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She gave a loud cry and said, Of all women you are the most blessed. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why should I be honoured with a visit from the mother of my Lord? For the moment your greeting reached my ears, the child in my womb leapt for joy. Yes, blessed is she who believed that the promise made her by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit exalts in God my Saviour, because he has looked upon his lowly handmaid. Yes, from this day forward, all generations will call me blessed. For the Almighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And his mercy reaches from age to age for those who fear him. He has shown the power of his arm. He has routed the proud of heart. He has pulled down princes from their thrones and exalted the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things, the rich sent empty away. He has come to the help of Israel, his servant, mindful of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, of his mercy to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so we've got a happy coincidence. The Sunday coincides with the 15th of August, the Solemnity of the Assumption of Mary. And so the Sunday liturgy takes a bit of a sidestep and we celebrate the Assumption instead. Um, But I think it's helpful to begin by being clear about what we mean by the Assumption. Simply put, the Catholic teaching on the Assumption is that the Blessed Virgin Mary was brought by God, body and soul, into heaven. And so the implication of this is that her body is no longer on earth. You know, it's interesting that there's never been any veneration of the tomb of Mary. There's a place in Jerusalem where tradition says she laid before she was taken to heaven, but there's no body there. From the earliest times, Christians would mark the places where saints were buried. Uh, And they'd become important pilgrimage sites. We know, for example, that St. Peter's bones are beneath the papal altar in St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican. We know that the bones of St. Paul are beneath the Basilica of St. Paul's outside the walls in Rome. Tradition tells us that St. Thomas is in Chennai in India, uh, and that the Apostle James famously is in Compostela in Spain. Uh, But nowhere in the world is there a place where the body of the Blessed Virgin Mary is venerated. It's quite curious that this is the case, especially considering how important she is in the Gospels and in the early life of the Church. When Pope Pius XII defined the doctrine of the Assumption of Mary into heaven, he pointed at this historical curiosity as a bit of an indication that the early Church understood that her body was in heaven 
and not on Earth. But let's face it, it's a bit of an odd thing to be saying. I mean, some might say, who really cares where the Virgin Mary went after her death? We believe in Jesus Christ, her son. He's the Redeemer. Isn't all this assumption stuff, you know, just kind of an optional extra? Isn't it just part of this somewhat strange Catholic fascination with Mary? Well, I think if we were to appreciate the assumption of Mary, we can't simply look at the sheer fact of her being assumed body and soul into heaven, but we must also look at why and what that might mean for us. So the first thing to realise is that all the doctrines about Mary, about her being the mother of God, her immaculate conception, her perpetual virginity, and also her assumption that they're all deeply related to the mystery of Christ. The Lord Jesus suffered and died on the cross and three days later was raised from the dead, not in some ethereal spiritual way, but bodily. And it's interesting that the scriptures are really deliberate on that point. We see a number of times that Jesus eats with the disciples after the resurrection and even invites Thomas to put his hand into the holes in his hands and in his side. Jesus has flesh and blood after the resurrection. It's truly him. And the witness of the Gospels is that his tomb is empty and his grave clothes are kind of frumpled in the corner. What we see in Mary's assumption into heaven is that the power of Christ's resurrection is applied to her fully. Because now we see that death could not conquer her either. And that she goes to the Father in heaven, not only in some spiritual sense, but bodily. Just as Jesus' tomb was empty when the Apostle Peter went inside, so too Mary's tomb is empty. Just as Christ's grave clothes could not bind him, neither could a shroud contain the body of the Blessed Virgin. Jesus definitively conquers death through his resurrection. There's nothing in him that is not fully alive. And this victory is played out again in the Assumption. The empty tomb shows that death's power is empty. And so the assumption's important because it shows how the power of Christ's resurrection is to be applied to us. Being assumed into heaven isn't a singular privilege that's given to the Virgin Mary alone. Sure, the fact that her body was the fact that her body never experienced corruption in the grave, but instead was taken directly to heaven is a particular grace that Mary receives. It's, it's singular and individual. But we too will have our bodies raised from the grave. And we will dwell with God in heaven as complete human persons, body and soul. Now, we profess this every week in the Creed when we say we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. What we're saying here is that we believe that what happened to Mary at the Assumption will happen to us at the end of time. Okay, fine, our bodies will experience the corruption of the grave, but we too will have the power of Christ's resurrection applied to us 
and our tombs too will be left empty. Now, that's really stark stuff. It's pretty raw. Uh, And if you're anything like me, you might be feeling a little bit uncomfortable about all this right now. It's really bold. And it touches at the very core of our humanity. It strikes the heart at that point where it's most sensitive. Where we consider not only our own mortality, but the great sorrow of the loss of our loved ones. And this is where the gospel is at its most striking, its most shocking. That Jesus will reach down into the decay and corruption of our graves, take us by the hand and raise us up to new life. And it's not just a simple restoration of the life that we already lived, it's a new life, a sharing in the life that Christ possesses after his resurrection. And notice, like, there's something different about Jesus after his resurrection. It's really curious that even his closest companions, the disciples, always seem to take a while to recognize him. There's a new mode of existence for Jesus. And we too will be sharers in that. And this is the hope that Christ's Paschal mystery gives us. Our Mother Mary's assumption shows us how the Easter victory of Jesus will be applied also to us. We look to our Mother Mary as the certain sign of hope. When we face our death, when we mourn the loss of a loved one, we're not crippled by grief. We have sorrow, of course, but we also know that the pierced hand of Christ will conquer that seemingly definitive corruption of the grave and come to raise us up. How fitting it is then that Mary is invoked particularly at that time of our death. Pause and consider how many times you've already said the Hail Mary in your lifetime and entrusted that hour of our death into Mary's hands. Entrusted that hour of our death to her powerful prayers. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.